0: with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business and marketing strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. People are always asking, Scott, who is Success Hackers for? This podcast is for you who wants to take your business to entirely new heights. How do we do that? We do that by interviewing arguably some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, thank you guys so, so very much for continuing to listen, subscribing to the show, and Most importantly, going on iTunes and clicking review and writing a review and also leaving a five-star rating. Why is that important? Because we want to continue to impact and empower more entrepreneurs just like you all across the globe. And when you actually write a review and give a rating, that actually bumps us up in the iTunes world and that helps out everybody. So if you can do that, that would be such a huge help. So I appreciate that as always. Today's Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you are looking to grow your leads for your business, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Go now to IWantMoreLeads.net. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Are you maybe struggling to grow your business through the sales capacity? Do you fear the word sales? Do you think sales is a big, bad, ugly word and you just don't maybe know how to grow your business and you're maybe fearful of the phone or you're fearful of selling people something? In whatever the case may be, well, you're absolutely at the right place at the right time, because I have the pleasure of introducing Mr. Sean Pickett on the show in a minute, and uh, Sean's going to share with us how to not only close more business, but the mindset, the mindset, which is the most important piece, around really growing your business exponentially, and most importantly, not being afraid of selling and what that actually means. So, today, our featured guest is Mr. Sean Pickett. Sean, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Sean is the founder of two companies, Sales Integrity, a sales coaching services provider where he is the chief sales coach, and the second company, My Coach Site, a coaching delivery software platform where Sean is the chief visionary officer. Sean actually launched Sales Integrity almost actually 12 almost 13 years ago now and has helped sales professionals, leaders and organizations Increase sales up to 25% annually. Sean is also the author of sales achievement framework, selling system and associated coaching curriculum, which is his flagship coaching program. He's also, as we speak, right in the midst of launching the sales integrity podcast and sales integrity university here in the fall of 2016. Sean, welcome to success hackers, man. It is great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Sean, I gave our Hacker Nation little information about you, but would love for you to share a little bit more about you and your businesses.
1: Sure. Sure. So Sales Integrity, as you mentioned, um, is the original business I launched in 2004. We're still going strong 12, almost 13 years later, as you uh, pointed out. And what we do there uh, primarily is help companies with a complex technical sale. Uh, That's my background coming from the technology industry. Um, But we help them increase sales and earn more money. And the way we do that is through that flagship coaching program and and selling system, as you mentioned, the sales achievement framework. I had to build that out for myself as young Sean when I was coming into the industry and, and create a selling system that works on the game of complex technical selling. And so when you look at the game of complex technical selling and what, what do you do in, in sports? You create a game plan, right? And then you create that game plan, you practice it and you get all the pieces in place. So that way everything leading up to game day puts you in a better position on game day. So that's really what the, the genesis of my company is about and what we work on with companies. Many of them, you know, aren't training their sales teams on everything leading up to game day, which is really building that pipeline and having enough opportunities so you can achieve your sales goals and objectives, right? And so that's really where the, the start of Sales Integrity came from. And then in terms of my coach side, real quick on that, we roll out corporate sales coaching programs, work with companies and their sales teams, and a lot of our customers it really came through customer demand. They say, hey, we love the way the coaching's going, we like the results, but we have really no visibility into where is each individual at in the coaching curriculum, who's struggling, who's succeeding, um, and just some visibility and reporting there. So so it started off as a system called Sales Coaching Live uh, years ago, and then I put that on the on the web as a SaaS-based software product. Other coaches found it, life coaches, executive coaches, business coaches on down the line, and they started using it. And their clients loved it, but a lot of them became confused, saying, what is this sales coaching brand when you're a life coach, for instance? Right. And so got a lot of feedback you know, from those coaches, and uh, simple enough, they said, hey, if you can get this thing more general focus for the coaching profession as a whole, that'd be more beneficial. And so I took it offline, redeveloped it as my code site, you know, hired a a development team, got that thing really built up, added in all the suggestions that I got and relaunched it um, as my code site. A lot of business
0: owners, you know, have, for whatever reason, you know, you come from a sales background. I, ironically enough, come from a sales background. And there is a methodology, there's a process, like you said. I don't believe that anybody necessarily wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be a great salesperson. Right. I mean, some people have advantages over others. Some people are a little bit louder. Some people are a little bit more quiet. I don't think one becomes a better salesperson than the other. The introvert necessarily isn't a worse sales rep than the extrovert. As a matter of fact, I know a lot of introverts that are very, very effective at closing and getting business. So if someone's saying, how do I get my team more inspired to sell more things, to sell more products? What's one strategy?
1: Yeah. So for a business owner, for an entrepreneur, a lot of your audience and they have sales teams or they're just trying to sell themselves and and improve their game of selling. It really starts with that mindset. But the main thing is one strategy, which is this simplify sales complexity. Sales is a game, right? People talk about it being a numbers game. It's a complex game. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to stay on top of. A lot changes, especially when you think of like social selling and technology that's coming to play no matter what you're selling, right? And so. So simplifying the complexity and simplifying that overwhelm is a great place to start. With our program, we have a theory or a mantra, and we call it Make Your Sales Pop, P-O-P, naturally an acronym. It stands for Preparation, Organization, Productivity. So whether you're an entrepreneur, founder, co-founder, business owner, or you're a VP of sales trying to get your sales team to become more productive and sell more, or you're a sales professional even listening to this, you know, we always teach the sales professionals, you need to have an entrepreneurial mindset, treat your territory, your book of business, your customers as your own, as if it were your own business. So this aligns very nicely with your audience across the board. But yes, it starts with that mindset, Scott, and they need to make their sales pop. And here's, here's where we came up with that. You know, preparation is the first P, right? And prep, it all starts with preparation. Preparation, when you're prepared, you become more organized, and when you're organized, you become more productive. And when you're productive, that's where you achieve results. So one thing leads to another, and this really came from a study we did in 2009, where that was the five-year mark for Sales Integrity. We had managed a lot of sales teams, coached a lot of sales teams, and, and worked with a lot of companies. And we decided to evaluate all of the sales teams that we had worked with at Sales Integrity. And, and it was quite in-depth research. You know, can't say it's formal or a formal study that a lot of research agencies do, right? But we did it, and we had all the data of all the, the the, the file rankings and all that good stuff of where everyone was at. And what we found is that the, the the most common reason for failure was exactly those three things. It was a lack of preparation, a lack of organization, a lack of productivity. And it was those same three things, no matter what was sold, no matter how big or small the sales force was, and, again, no matter how inexperienced or experienced, the, the, the sales force was, it was always because there was a lack of preparation, lack of organization, lack of productivity. So on the flip side of that, we studied what the best of the best, the top one or two sales reps did, right? You can line up the, the, the rank, you know, the rankings of each sales team and you always have, it was always the same thing. One or two people toggling in and out of the top two spots. Nobody else even close. Everyone else hovering above or below what we refer to as the line. Mm-hmm. The line being budget, quota, goal, whatever you call it, target at your organization. And then you always had one or two stragglers at the bottom that just probably weren't fit for a sales career or a sales career at that company. But it was always the same, no matter the sales force. And so we wanted to find out what was the, what were the best of the best doing, actually? We, we figured out that it was a lack of preparation, organization, productivity for those that were struggling. But the best of the best, we're not only prepared, organized, and productive, but they did six things different than everyone else. And we call those the six T's of sales achievement. And that's what's within our, within our program. But that's how they got prepared, organized, and productive and really translated those ideas into habit forming execution. So preparation, if you told me, you know, mindset, simplify the complexity, reduce the overwhelm. And it all starts with preparation as that keystone
0: habit. There really is no reason to not be prepared. You know, they have websites, the the About Us section, LinkedIn. You can go on a, a multitude of different social sites and actually prepare yourself before the meeting. And, and I'd love for you to sh- uh, kind of share your thoughts on this because there's the fine line of being over-prepared where mm-hmm. you think you have to know everything about everybody, about everything in the organization or with the company or your, the prospect or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But then there's the fine line of that versus asking amazing questions, because we've had other sales gurus and really high-performing sales individuals on the show, and they said, you got to good sales reps, obviously find the pain points, they find out what's the needs of their prospects, and then they have the solution around those needs, and you find all that out by asking great questions. So toe that line of being prepared, but yet not being over-prepared where you're not asking any questions because you have all the answers because you did all the research to the prospect.
1: Yeah, so this is another great example of simplifying sales complexity, right? So you don't want to overdo it and over prepare because you could spend hours and hours and hours researching, especially with all the tools and sites that you had talked about that are out there. So here's a great way to, to, to simplify this. Um, when you look at preparing in general, there, there's an app out there called Charlie App, right? Or Ask Charlie. So if you go to charlieapp.com, it does all the preparation for you and it'll bring it to you in an email before you're going to meet with people. And it'll summarize everything from across the web or aggregate it for you. So there's a real, there's a hack. Maybe Ooh. I jumped the head on your show. <laughs> but but Charlie, Charlie App is, you know, uh, is a great, great tool for that. Obviously, I like LinkedIn for that. But let's go back to what you said, simplifying the, the complexity and not overdoing it. So I always like to use the power of three. And what I mean by that, is, you know, you've probably seen this in the marketing world. You know, the, the the human brain can retain three new concepts when you first present it. The minute you introduce a fourth, it's highly unlikely to remember all four, mm-hmm. right? And so less is more is kind of the, the key there. So what I always do is I look at, okay, what are three questions that I can ask the, the, the other individual and chances are you're going to have some derivative questions off of that when you're in the flow of the discussion but what are the three most important questions I need to ask this prospective customer, this customer, whoever I'm meeting with on the other side of the table. Prepare for those and then the, the rest of the meeting will go well. But I agree with, with all my other cohorts that you had on the show. Um, you need to prepare, but you can't over prepare and, and do too much. You got to allow some flexibility for the discussion to ebb and flow the way it's going to go based on the initial questions.
0: I love the preparation, the pop. That's such a great way of thinking about it. And also at the same time, being very, like you said, flexible. Cause I think that's what the, the mark of a great, not even a great salesperson, but a great entrepreneur because, Entrepreneurs and business owners, I think you and I talked about this offline. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, I don't care if you're a chiropractor, or a cosmetic surgeon, a small business owner, whatever it is you do, at the end of the day, you have to bring patients or sales in the door. And the sooner you get over the fact that I'm quoting and I'm doing air quotes, selling someone or forcing someone into a product or a service, <laughs> which that's mm-hmm. not sales, anyways, mm-hmm. the, the sooner you get over the fact of sales actually is a really it's it's a powerful word and if, if we can't sell anything we can't drive a business so how can you take someone's mindset of oh my god the sale word the sell word to the maybe it's called the enrollment process or getting someone to get interested in your product or service how do you get past the mindset of I'm not good at sales Sean love that question we actually coach. A lot of
1: what we refer to as non-traditional salespeople. So this may be inventors or founders of, you know, inventors of products or founders of companies who don't have that traditional sales background like you and I do, right? Mm. For instance. And, and then also there's a lot of companies, especially in the tech space that are kind of taking that X big four, big five, big eight model, depending on when you came through the ranks, where it's kind of a partner led model where they have people moving up through the ranks and eventually become a partner and then they got to eat what they kill. So these are people that go out and sell, but they don't have traditional sales experience they have more technical experience right Right. so we end up coaching a lot of these folks and this is a very common question for them or common fear i should say you know which is selling and it's it tends to be a bad word for some of those folks who never came up through the ranks of selling so what we do is we take that and we put it on its head we reverse it and say what are you really doing right what you're really doing is helping customers buy you know if you don't like the word sales or selling then go out and simply help customers buy. How do you do that? Well, you got to add value. You got to be intriguing enough, both you, your company and yourself, and then your products. You, you got to make sure you're prepared, so you can be organized within the meeting when, when you're going to present to them. That'll make your, you, you know, you, that meeting productive, and that'll move the process forward. But if you always come at it from an angle of I'm going to help customers buy and not sell them, nobody likes to be sold, anyways. Do you like to be sold? You're a sales guy. I'm a sales guy. We don't like to be sold either, right? We like to buy. Yeah, we do like to buy, and we yeah. especially like competent salespeople Mm. who can help us buy, right? And so there's a fine line there between selling someone and helping helping them buy. But here's the key part of that. If you help them buy what they want, what they need, and what benefits them. It's got to be all three. You're going to help people buy what they want, what they need, and what benefits them. Then you're never selling anybody
0: anything. You're helping them buy. Give us an example of what you teach when you say help them buy. Sure. So um, for instance, if
1: someone you always look at either the pain or pleasure principle, right? Yeah. People either buy for something they want or, or for something they're going to avoid, and you know a lot of studies show and a lot of a lot of sales training programs show that it's always easier to kind of poke on that pain point than it is to, to go towards success, right? Because you know, let's just use common sense. If you're you know, out of shape and you want to get in better shape. This has happened to all of us. Okay, I want to get to the gym, start working out, I'm going to eat healthier. Well, if you're in no real pain, I'll get to that next week or I'll start on Monday. I'm going to have one last weekend where I kind of splurge here and and spoil myself, right? There's nothing really driving you to make that decision quicker. But if you end up having a heart attack, or if you have some sort of massive health issue, that's going to cause you to get into the emergency room right away. That's going to wake you up. So you're more apt to take change at that point, right? So really meeting people where they're at, and 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 understanding, you know, what is the pain side of the equation? What is the pleasure side of the equation? And which one's going to get them or drive them to move forward faster? As long as you have their best interest in mind, you're trying to help them. You're not trying to deceive them. And what you provide actually helps them. Then you're going to help them buy, and you're in a good position. And it's okay to help them understand or recognize. Okay, what what happens if you don't move forward? Right. And so, you know, how do you get them to do that? You ask questions like, you know, what would happen if you decided to make no decision at all and keep doing what you're doing? What would happen if you decided not to not to purchase a product or a service like this? Um, what are you trying to achieve by purchasing a product or service or implementing X solution, whatever that may be? Now all of this, Scott, comes from preparing. Yeah, if you sit down and really study the other person, there's plenty of information out there. As you already pointed out on LinkedIn and using Google search, and even ask Charlie or Charlie App, right? So you learn more about them their personal interests and and, and their desires and what they're looking for. A lot of people post a lot of that stuff, believe it or not, out on the web with Facebook and Twitter and everything else. You can almost get into the mind of prospective customers if they allow it, right, if they're allowing that out there. Um, so, So go check on that first, but then sit down and really understand some use case scenarios of where you've helped other similar people or companies out in a similar situation.
0: Totally makes sense, and I'm so glad you brought that up. And just to piggyback off that, Hacker Nation... You've probably heard of the saying that facts tell, stories sell. Now, you've probably heard that a million times like I have, but when you really marinate on that, when you really get that exactly what Sean just said, that to use other, did you call it use studies? Use cases. Use cases, yeah, or testimonials or other people that you've been able to help. And to Sean's point, if you've never helped someone, if you're brand new, borrow a story from someone in a similar position as you, maybe a colleague, maybe a a partner or someone else, but it's amazing to me. When I'm paying attention to a presentation, a walkthrough, whatever it might be, I will always remember the story. I I will always remember how I've been able to, you know, that person was able to help so-and-so just like me, and I remember that versus all the stats. So again, Hacker Nation, when you're out there trying to get over that hump and you're saying, Why aren't I been able to sell more, number one, prepare, like Sean talked about. Number two, it's so important to have testimonials because people remember the testimonials. And number three, at the end of the day, what keeps people up at night? And if you can figure out that and you can be the solution to their problem, it's a lot easier than just trying to come in and sell your features and benefits, right, Sean?
1: That's exactly right.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the Sales Integrity University that you're launching.
1: Yeah, sure. So we, up until this point, have only worked with companies that employ sales teams, right? And so uh, companies that employ sales teams, it's a business-to-business scenario there where we're going in and rolling out corporate sales coaching programs. However, there's a lot of companies that don't invest in in their sales teams to that level. When we go in and coach them, we're not just going in and training them we're actually coaching down to the one-on-one level. So if I go back to kind of a, not even a sports analogy, just the personal fitness analogy, it's the difference of going to the gym and joining a spin cycle class that's instructor-led, you know, one instructor on a bike facing 20 to 30 people, guiding them through for an hour. That instructor is going to get more out of you in an hour than you would on your own, right? Um, however, that's not going to be as good as hiring a personal fitness trainer or coach who's going to work with you down to the one-on-one level, personally and privately, and they're going to stick with you each week until you achieve your goal. So think of sales integrity as the personal fitness trainers of the sales coaching world. We we get down to that one-on-one level and work with individuals for one hour a week every week and guide them through our sales achievement framework. So I tell you that to, to, to answer your question on Sales Integrity University. Um, there, you know, that takes an investment of time, effort, and money from companies. parts, and A lot of companies are smart enough to do it, but not all companies either have the resources to do it or are aware of the difference between coaching and training, as I just outlined it. So we have a lot of individuals that have been approaching us saying, hey, my company won't invest in it, but I'd like to invest in myself. Yeah, right? I'd like to hire you guys as a personal sales coach and guide me through this curriculum and, and really help me learn this Sales Achievement Framework Selling System to apply it in the real world of selling for me. And simply put, it's going to be an online university with an online course guiding individuals through the Sales Achievement Framework Selling System. They learn the six T's of sales achievement that the best of the best sales professionals that we learn from, that's where we created that. There's tools in there. There's a quarterly sales plan they're going to create. And then we're going to teach them how to translate those ideas into habit-forming execution in the in the field, if you will, in the real world of selling. And then we're going to do weekly calls where we'll jump on with a group, answer questions, and uh, even have a private Facebook group where they can interact with the other members and all that good stuff. So that's kind of the basic version of it. Um, this fall, we're going to close the enrollment and get the feedback from the initial folks, um, and then we'll open that back up um, You know, after the new year for another, another group of, of enrollment and kind of guide individuals through in a
0: group setting as
1: individual sales professionals at the same time go through the same thing.
0: Sean, I want to switch gears here for a second. As you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves and their business. Man, you've been <laughs> you've been dropping some serious serious nuggets mm-hmm. on us already, but I want to shine the success hack spotlight on you real quick. And usually I don't ask it like this. I just say share a success hack, but I want to get a little bit more niched around this success hack, which is there's a business owner, there's an entrepreneur, there's someone that's in the sales capacity That just can't seem to get over the hump. You know, I use the analogy of I, you know, spent a lot of time back in the day in the gym and the fitness centers, et cetera. And I remember when, you know, you start to bench a lot and all of a sudden you can't get past a certain stick point with a certain bench press weight. And you can either give up and say, well, that's my max, or you can learn from someone that's done that and then say, what did you do to get to 315 pounds on the on the bench press or whatever, and the leg press or whatever, and they show you and all of a sudden you blow through that plateau. So someone's at a plateau right now and they feel like banging their head up against a wall. What's one success hack to maybe get past that plateau? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Very good question. Good example. We've all been there, especially if you've been an athlete or workout or anything like that, right? That that plateau is always a challenge for you. So the plateau is going to be different for for different entrepreneurs and and business owners and even salespeople. Um, But the, the first thing I always start with is that mindset right? Because you can't do anything if you're in a negative mindset or if you're down, right? You know, if you feel like, wow, I plateaued and you start focusing on the plateau and you start focusing, wow, here's all the things I can't do. It just, it it becomes a a failure momentum, if you will. One thing leads to another, but on the flip side, what you want is success momentum. So dig back and think of, okay, as I was getting stronger and stronger, what were some of the things I was doing? Well, chances are, and if you use that analogy of weightlifting, for instance, you hit a plateau, you got to shock the muscles, In the world of selling, in the world of entrepreneurship, what can you do that's different Than what you've been doing the last six months to to a year, right? And look at some different strategies. The first thing is just exactly what the show does: pattern yourself uh, after other people who have been there, done that. So look in your network. Most most of your listeners are probably on LinkedIn. They probably built up a network. Go through there and do what I what I call a network sift. Sift through there. Start searching and say who who's an entrepreneur that's successful that I look up to, right? And then you know pick a few of those folks. Reach out to them. Take them out for breakfast, coffee, lunch, whatever it may be, and start picking their brain and asking them what they're doing. You're going to start learning some of the new strategies that you can then go employ. So that's one thing that, that I would do is try and do something different than what you've been doing. But to do that, you have to examine what you've been doing, right? So you have to actually slow down enough to look at what have I been doing and what have I been employing that's just no longer working that did work before. And now let's get creative to think of a new strategy or a tactic.
0: Sean, we are now entering the randomness round. As you know, it's kind of like putting you on the success hacker's version of the hot seat. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Sean Pickett, are you ready for the randomness round? Yes, I am. Let's make it happen. Best advice you've ever received. Three little words. Behavior never
1: lies. I learned that from a life coach, author, speaker, trainer named Richard Flint, Who actually authored a book titled, you guessed it, behavior never lies in life in general and with salespeople that I've worked with over the years, you know, a lot of people can talk a good game right they 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 could say oh i meant to do that or i'm i'm getting to that or i will do that or i wish i had this or that right and so i've learned through richard and his book and just through uh, a little thing he has called the morning minute it's a video that's a minute every day he sends out and it, it's kind of beats on this mantra of behavior never lies um but
0: watch people's behavior don't listen to what they say watch their behavior what's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind I get up
1: early every morning and I conduct what I call a, a power hour of personal development where I read, I meditate, I pray, and then I get a little workout in and just get in the right mindset. So that way I expect positive and great things to happen that day and I do that each day.
0: You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25 year old self? Trust your intuition and narrow the focus faster. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you, Sean?
1: Hmm. Well, if people who know me you know, no, I'm extremely optimistic. I call it supreme OCO. Supreme OCO. I'm supremely optimistic, supremely confident, and uh, supremely optimistic. So opportunistic, opera, uh, optimistic, and, and confident. And a great way to illustrate this is the way my dad describes me. When people say, hey, tell me a little bit about your, your, your son, Sean, he says, let me tell you about Sean. Sean didn't walk into a room full of crap and ask, where's the pony? Right. Most people would say, "Man, it stinks in here!" Oh, I got to walk through this or around it. And I walk in and go, "Hmm, you know, if there's crap in here, through the laws of deduction, it must have been a pony that did this." And I want to ride that pony. That's going to be fun, and I'm confident I can do it. right? So I look for the best in everything, and uh, and I like to like to work with people and help them and get them from a state of mind where maybe they are down in the dumps or struggling a bit, and get them to that next level of
0: achievement. So th- that would be it. awesome. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business that you might be able to share with our Hacker Nation community?
1: Man, this is tough. I was thinking about this because I read a lot of, I read five books a month and finish three of them. So five books simultaneously on any given month and finish three. So I'm a, I'm a voracious reader and Ooh. just think it's a, I think, you know, leaders are readers, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I did narrow it down uh, to, to one that I'm reading right now by Michael Hyatt, which is platform, get noticed in a noisy world. If you can recommend
0: one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation community, what might that be?
1: Boy, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, say my coach site. That really, that the, you know, I developed that out of, um, out of client demand, right, and, and request, and then spun it out as a separate company, but I use it. Every single day. And when I started using that and converted my content into courses, for instance, and now virtual Sean's out there, you know, selling and delivering and adding value, and live Sean's out there, it allowed me to really scale the business, give my customers and and clients more access to me without me having to be around live. But then there's also live video chat components and things like that that, that's built in the platform. So if coaches like WordPress and they've cobbled together a bunch of different plugins and they're trying to make sense of it, but, you know, it's been overwhelming for them. We, we built the platform on WordPress because most author, speaker, trainer, coaches are, are used to that. But we integrated everything, did a bunch of custom development, and kind of built the perfect coaching platform that allows you to distribute coaching content and courses to your customers easily. And so that's the that's the, the site. MyCoachSite.com is where they can go for that, and that's what I'd recommend for anyone trying to get
0: more done in less time and scale up their business. John, you are now officially off the randomness round. Hot seat, you made it man this has been absolutely incredible thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible success strategies and hacks with our hacker nation where can our listeners find out more about you your business or anything else you got going on
1: yeah, sure. So if you go to salesintegrity.com, I I'm out on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and all that and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. But in the upper right on on the menu bar up there, you have access to all the social media. So the easiest thing to do is go to salesintegrity.com and you you'll be able to access me there. I even have a contact form there. You can you can reach out to me if you want to talk to me. Um the other thing that we did for your hacker nation listeners, I wanted to put together some some special freebies. You know, for Hacker Nation. So if you go to successhackers.salesintegrity.com, so again, successhackers.salesintegrity.com, there's a nice little welcome video there, and then you'll scroll down a little bit and see that there's three freebies Um, for, or three, three nice gifts for your, um, for your set, uh, hacker nation audience. First one is 10% off of my coach site subscription plus a free site configuration setup. So we'll actually work with you to, to get this thing ramped up and launch faster if you want to use my coach site. So that's the first one. Second one is created a report called the five mistakes of online coaching and how to avoid them. So that's a free report that you can get and go download there and then also for those that actually are selling complex technical products services and solutions, maybe that's part of your business or you have a sales team that's doing that um, I wrote a, uh, or actually I'm sorry I created a video email course a 7 day, uh, free 7 day video email course uh, titled 7 Steps to Master the Game of Complex Technical Selling and How to Apply Them to Earn More Money. Cool. So you don't have to memorize all that's a lot of stuff I realize but we wanted to provide a lot of freebies for, for your audience so just go to successhackers.salesintegrity.com to see if Brief welcome video. There's three links there and some descriptions as to what you get for free. So go go claim your free gifts there.
0: Hacker Nation. Yes, yeah, seriously. I checked this out before my interview with Sean, and it's incredible. I mean, they really did a nice job for all of us. So definitely check that out. Go to successhackers.salesintegrity.com. That's successhackers.salesintegrity.com. And if you forgot what that is, and you're on a treadmill or in a car. You'll have this under the show notes by just going to successhackers.net. That's the main podcast page, as you probably know. Check that out under Sean Pickett, and you'll find all that content as well. So thank you for that, Sean. My pleasure. Hacker Nation, as I just mentioned, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode. Show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Sean, along with some other really cool brand-new resources we have on the site. When you're on the site... I probably sound like a broken record, but don't forget to click subscribe. When you click subscribe, you actually will get all the latest and greatest new podcasts sent to you, so make sure to click subscribe. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you all aware of something. Everyone is always asking me, Scott, I know you coach entrepreneurs and business owners through lead gen and through marketing and helping them become more profitable in their overall business growth. Tell me, I need to generate more leads. How do I do this? So I actually created something that I wanted to give away for free. This video will actually help dispel any myths about how to generate more leads. All you have to do is go to IWantMoreLeads.net. Go to IWantMoreLeads.net, and you'll have your hands on the three biggest lead gen mistakes most business owners make and how to fix them all. So go to IWantMoreLeads.net. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.